listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Well, if this is it, old boy, I hope you don't mind if I go out speaking to kings. By all means, Captain. There's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch. Seeing as I may be rapping on the door momentarily. I must say, damn good stuff. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 21. Guys, we are now uh, able to drink. Three scotches, please. Three. Three scotches. Three scotches. So, yeah, today we are... What? There's a layer in hell reserved for people that waste good scotch. There is a special rung in hell for people who waste good scotch. And seeing as I'll be rapping on the door momentarily... um, so, in case you didn't get that, we are doing a review, or, I mean, yeah, we'll call it a review, of the classic, now classic, Inglorious Bastards, a Quentin Tarantino banger, because it was requested by our guest today, Ryan Vick. What's going on, my, man? Uh, my family, my uh, familia, if you will. Me familia. <laughs> what Ryan, is going on? Yeah, why did you uh, request... Um, you wanted to do either this or Django. Why did you? Why did you want to do it? Uh, so always have been a Quentin Tarantino fan. To be honest, probably three or four times I've tried to watch Pulp Fiction and haven't got all the way through it. So <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, you know I'm admitting that to the audience. But um, there, I just honestly I love all of his films. And when I watched Inglorious Bastards for the first time, you know I think that was one of the first time I like really sat back and just like appreciated like the writing and the small, like minute details of like why they shot scenes a certain way or, uh, you know, like emphasis on certain, I don't know. I just, I thought it was such a good movie that I wanted to share with you guys, especially someone like Dex who's never seen it. That's always, uh, it's always really fun. For example, I, I let destiny, my girlfriend, uh, I, I watched it with her this week and she loved it. So hmm. always, uh, always excited had, to share. Had she seen it before? No, she hadn't. So that makes a couple people because Dex, you have not seen this one before, and apparently you had yourself a time, huh? What <laughs> uh, experience? Good lord! What did you um? What I mean, we'll, we'll get into the review here in a second, uh, and the, and then we'll all break it down. But like, what did you like? What did you go in thinking, and what did you come out thinking? Because I'm really interested in this because a lot of people you tweeted that you were watching it and so many people were like, dude, I'm so jealous that <laughs> you get to watch this for the first time. That was like kind of the main response on Twitter. And it, I don't know. I, I was kind of jealous too, because it, it does. When I first watched it, I, I think I was late to watching it. Uh, like I didn't see it in the theaters or anything because I was like in eighth grade and no way was it going to, Tammy was not going to let young Royden go see this in eighth grade. And uh, she shouldn't have, but um yeah, so what did you think going in, and what did you come out thinking of it? 
So initially, when I was told we were doing this movie, I was like, "Okay, fine, whatever." It's a Quentin Tarantino movie. I mean, I guess because I'm not a big Quentin Tarantino guy. I've now seen exactly three Quentin Tarantino films. Uh, he's just not my kind of dude, generally. But once I tweeted that I was watching it for the first time, and everyone was like, "That movie is amazing." I'm jealous you're watching it for the first time. I might have to watch it now that you mentioned it, like all that kind of stuff. I was like, "Okay, I, I can psych myself up for this. I'm with it." And then actually sitting down watching it, getting, you know, getting a little tipsy. I had a, I had a couple drinks. I had some jello shots that my dad randomly brought home. Yesterday. Yeah, what the hell? Did dad bring home jello shots? <laughs> Apparently, he went to like some drive through margarita place because, you know, Corona. And they were giving out. <laughs> They were giving out free Jello shots, so he had a bunch of Jello shots with him. And he was like, "Do you like these?" I was like, "I don't know, never had one." So I had two, and it was a great time. Uh, you mean man, to tell so me you went? You were first. Yeah, I was gonna say you were friends with uh, with Baylor girls, and you never had a Jello shot. No, nah, dude, I've actually helped make Jello shots, but I never took one. I just did. You existed I'm... in the same city as Scruffy Murphy's. <laughs> I actually didn't go to Scruffs until my senior year. <laughs> anyway. Probably good. You, you didn't get chlamydia. But the um, <laughs> uh, man, don't 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 scoff. That place is gross, and everybody knows it. The only that place reason, is the best. The, the only reason yeah. that people went there, I maintain, is that it was on this side of of campus, and people were lazy. Yep. yep. Oh yeah, no, no, it's walking distance. That was the only reason. But Jake, you you like you were a connoisseur of this movie. You this is like on your rewatch uh, list. Like, what I mean, what time for you? Little backstory on how you found this film and what you like fifth wheel to a date. Yeah. Um. So this came out my freshman year of college. Like, I the first week. Like, I want to say it was like right after Welcome Week or Fish Camp or whatever we called it. I forgot Fine Camp. No, that was something else. Um. But yeah, like my two roommates at the time kind of knew each other. I don't know. I, I think they were both from Houston or they went to line camp or something. But anyway, they met these two girls and were going to go to the movies and they realized they were making all these plans while I was in the room with them. So they threw me a pity invite uh, and I fifth wheeled. And this was actually my first Tarantino film. Yeah. Like I think I've seen bits of Pulp Fiction and like I know the um, Stuck in the Middle with You ear cutting scene from Reservoir Dogs, but like this was like the first Tarantino film I ever saw. And the whole time, understanding I was a fifth wheel on a date, I was just sitting there like, y'all can do this in films? Like you mm-hmm. could just shoot Hitler in the face repeatedly? Okay, let's go. Let's do this. Spoiler uh, alert, dude. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry for a film that came out 11 years ago. Um, I know, right? Feels like yesterday. Um, but yeah, like I, I didn't really become like a, a film fan until like my sophomore year of college. But this was kind of like my introduction into like films could be so much more than you know these big sort of like uh, Disney esque blockbusters or things like that, where you know Oscar baits, which this won an Oscar anyway. But um, this was yeah, that's definitely my enjoy. And to the point now where I've watched this movie, I don't, I don't have account anymore but like it's one of those films like if it's on hbo or wherever i will stop doesn't matter what scene it's on i will stop and finish it 
I maintain that this holds up as good of a rewatch as probably any of his movies, actually. Like, I know, like, you know, people love Pulp Fiction, and, and we'll see how time will tell with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But as where I felt with Once Upon a Time in Hi- Hollywood, where I didn't feel it, this movie blew by. It's still two hours and 30 minutes long, but it, mm-hmm. I feel like it just blows by. Whereas, like, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was like, all right, are we... Uh... Well, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Oh, dog food pan to the face. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, I, I'm a noted Tarantino truther, kind of, mm-hmm. where I'm just going to, like, take it or leave it, really. But he is a good filmmaker. So let's uh, let's get into it real quick. Um, so start by reading the synopsis. And Glorious Bastards came out in 2009. Holy crap. Um, wow. Yeah. Ryan, you were like uh, getting yelled my... at by Miss Oates and uh, like Algebra Two. Yeah, it's a it's a long time ago, man. That was like what sophomore year of high school. So Oof. that was a that's it's going back a while. Yeah, yeah. It has an eight point three user score on uh, IMDb. It's a hard R rating. Um, two hours and thirty three minutes long. In Nazi occupied France during World War Two, a plan to assassinate assassinate Nazi leaders by a group of Jewish U.S. soldiers coincides with a theater owner's eventual plans for the same. Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, stars Brad Pitt, uh, Christoph Waltz, Melanie uh, Laurent, uh, Eli Roth, randomly, uh, Michael mm-hmm. Fassbender, Fassbender, Diane Kruger, Daniel Brühl, before he became even more famous than he is, and then Ryan from The Office. <laughs> He has yeah. no name. No, BJ Novak from uh, The Office. But this um, has a 69 meta score, which is actually lower than I thought that it would be. Uh, but it is it is a fan favorite because is it it is it is rated as the number 87 movie all time on IMDb's user score list. And of course, it won an Oscar uh, for Christoph Waltz, as it as it should as he should have. It was uh, nominated though for best. Motion Picture of the Year, Best Achievement in Directing and Writing for uh, Tarantino, uh, Best Achievement in Cine- Cinematography for Robert Richardson, Best Achievement in Film ed- Editing for Sally Minke. Is Did she pass? Yes, yeah, she did. Big RIP to her. Um, she passed after the making of this film. And then Best Achievement in Sound uh, Mixing, Best Achievement in Sound Editing. We still don't know the difference between those two. And... Uh, has an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, about right, and an 88% uh, user score as well. So, Ryan, we'll start with you. Give your thoughts on the movie. Uh, I know you did a little bit, and then uh, give it a letter grade. So, for me, I think that, you know, one of the reasons that I like Quentin Tarantino films is that he finds a way to take pretty, like, heavy subject material, you know, and while also, like, you know, he takes these dark stories and he presents them in a way that I think is like really relatable. And just the sense, like the way that he uses dark humor in almost all of his films and specifically in this one, like some of the scenes, you know, the movie will go through lulls, um, but they're very like intense scenes, you know, especially mm-hmm. a lot of the ones with Christoph Waltz, you know, I think I counted three separate times where he goes into a situation and he shows his hand to the audience that he knows that, you know, he knows what's happening in the scenes. 
Yeah, he knows. Um, he knows, like the end game, pretty much. Oh, like he's, oh, he a, he's two it. steps ahead. When he went and met uh, uh, Shosana at the or Shosana at the um, cafe, and he ordered her milk and then got a lot of cream after he had met her on the dairy farm. Like that's, that's awesome. Like that's that was so in his face, and you knew that he knew. And then he brought something up and said, I forgot what that was, what I was going to say, you know, one last thing. Um, but for me, man, like obviously huge Tarantino fan, love Brad Pitt, love the way that it's kind of an alternate spin on World War II. Like the fact that, you know, uh, I would say spoiler alert, but I think Jake already did that earlier with like the shooting of <laughs> Hitler and just like finding a way to like, you know, try to end the war in one night. Like that was just an interesting concept. And, and uh, I think Jake made a good point as well about it being the type of film. That was one of the first ones where you watch it and you're like, why don't more movies try to tell like a creative story with like good actors and good writing and like good cinematography instead of all these huge production. Like I I get so sick of them trying to like, what is, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm in the wrong here, but like, you know the last airbender like all these huge movies that like i don't care dude like you cannot try to sell me that i was a fan of this before so uh overall i i loved it i i'd give it a an a plus because i've watched it uh you know i i can't even count on on my fingers how many times i've watched it and you know i rewatched it with Des last week and Honestly, dude, I had forgotten so much and I had a lot of the same feeling. Like it's one of those movies mm-hmm. that's rarely can bring back some of those like nostalgic feelings of like watching a movie for the first time. Yeah, uh, I, so. I will say as far as like as far as like popularity, uh this was up until then, like up until Django was his most popular uh movie. Django outdid it by a hundred million dollars, actually, which is kind of crazy. But this made um on a on a relatively smaller budget, seventy million for you know for a Hollywood film, uh, seventy million uh, made three hundred and twenty one million worldwide. Uh, now that is behind both Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Django Unchained. But uh, Dex, go ahead. What did you What did you think about it? Give it a letter grade. Uh, yeah. So as far as a letter grade, I probably give it a. I give it an A. I really liked it. Uh, I didn't expect it to be as subtitled as it was. Like I didn't. I missed that part of like the hype before this movie. Um, so like, I didn't know little, I had to read. It, yeah, it took me a little bit to make that adjustment. Readings for yellow bellies. Uh, but yeah, it. Once I made that adjustment and I like overcame the one inch barrier, or whatever Bonjour said, it was really good. Um, very tense. Uh, I. I've seen. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood before I saw this movie, obviously. So like, it felt kind of the same, and like that you know enough about the real life events to expect, you know, kind of one thing and be tense about that one thing happening or not happening throughout the movie, and then at the end it all blows up into like this giant bloody fiery violence, kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, I. I really enjoyed it. I was tense throughout. I was yelling at my TV. I was like mm-hmm. on the edge of my seat. Just, it's a fun ride. Yes, Kings, fuck him up. <laughs> okay, so when uh, Shosana, whatever her name is, like shoots the guy, or Frederick, is that his name? 
and then like, Zola slowly walks what? up to him again. I was literally yelling, shoot him again, shoot him again. <laughs> and then she gets shot, and I was like, I told you again, god damn. <laughs> um, the, yeah, that was that was kind of interesting. We'll talk about what, yeah, I got a bunch of notes, and I'm sure Jake has a bunch of notes as well, and we'll kind of go down the list of, of how this goes, especially like the alternative history uh, angle that he's seemed to do now in a couple of films. Um, hardcore in both this and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. And uh, Jake, go ahead. What do you what do you think overall? Give it your letter grade. Jake, uh, did you give it a letter grade? Sorry. Yeah. A. A. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna give this an F. It's trash. Oh yeah, you've seen it like a thousand times, right? And I hate it. Every- no, this is. <laughs> Um, this is a perfect film to me. Um, I think like what everybody else has said is, you know, exactly how I feel. Um, what Dex said, like, I think only a third of this film is in English and the rest of it is subtitled French or German. And Literally 30%. Some- yeah. And even sometimes there's no subtitles. You're just stuck with a language you don't understand. And like, it's so playfully done that you're like just like little details with language alone that like immerse you into the story, but also take you out and make you feel very uncomfortable. Like the way the language is used to add an intensity um, and an uncomfortable feeling is it's genius and something I haven't really experienced until maybe parasite. Um, But granted, that's also not flipping between four different languages. Uh, Mm -hmm. As for cinematography, I mean, this is, Robert Richardson, Chef's Kiss. Every oh, yeah. shot, every shot is a painting. Like you can stop this film at any second you want, and it is, it's perfectly framed. It is perfectly lit. It is just gorgeous. It's unfair, like because nobody could ever reach that height of cinematography ever again. Um, a lot Deacon's of backlighting. Wishes. Well, Deacon's wishes, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, a ton of backlighting, um, and. Richardson didn't really give any interviews post this. In fact, I don't think he was the original person Tarantino tapped. Um, uh, Tarantino notoriously had a hard time getting this movie off the ground. Um, Wrote it over like 10 years, didn't he? Yeah, and even scrapped it because he couldn't get anybody to play uh, the Lambda part correctly until Christoph Waltz showed up. Um but yeah, then when Richardson was tapped, like he didn't really do a whole lot of interviews. I think he kind of just fell into it. Not really fell into it, but um, the one things he has said is a lot of this is like natural lighting and bounce lighting, and like it's it's genius just from a cinematography point of view. But either way, this is an A for me. This is a perfect film. I don't understand what you're saying, so I'm gonna take <laughs> it as disrespect. But uh, I like it. Yeah. No, the there is one shot that I did write down that really caught my eyes when he's when um uh her I guess boyfriend that also helps her run the cinema, I can't remember his name. Marcel. Oh yeah. Yeah, they uh what was his name? Marcel Marcel. Marcel, thank you. When Marcel is about to light the um film on fire, there's a there's a shot where he's staring at the screen and like smoke's coming over his head from like the mm-hmm. cigarette. And it's just perfectly framed in the middle. It's it's incredible. Like you could put that you could put that in like a, in a picture frame and just hang it somewhere in your house. People <laughs> would be like, "That's a wonderful piece." But the uh, so the yeah, shot, 
Go ahead. The shot right after that when he flicks the cigarette and it's slow mo. Just kiss. Um, so what I think about this movie is is I, I give it an A. Um, I think what stops it from being about an A plus is just how kind of I feel about Tarantino's movies in general, and that's just a me thing. As far as mm-hmm. like uh, they're great, and he's a great filmmaker. Um, take a, take away the stuff that we know about him and Harvey Weinstein and whatever, but like the uh, and how he feels about feet. But that's another conversation down the road. But the I I I think a few times his movies and it, just the way that he writes is he has these little conversations and the fun the the Family Guy bit is like when they're talking about the um, oh the Godfather and he's I've never seen the Godfather he's like what it insists upon itself he's like what it insists <laughs> upon itself that's how I feel about Tarantino's movies sometimes is that like he knows he's smart. You know what I mean? Or he knows that, like, oh, I've watched all of these old films and know all these old directors and all this history and stuff, so I got to sprinkle that in there. And, yes, it's great that you have smart filmmakers, but sometimes I'm just like, come on, man. Like, we get it. You know things. <laughs> but other than that, just the comedy from Brad Pitt and, and the performance, this – is one of the best acting performances I think I've ever seen. I, is, and I pose this question and we'll just go ahead and talk about it now. Um, is, is this character, this Hans Landa character and Ryan, I don't know, maybe you can elaborate. Is this the best sociopath ever played on film? I think that's a tough question. Um, but I think that this is one of those movies and I think it's like a two headed monster in the sense of like I feel like there's a lot of great movies where it's just so well written or so well directed that you could you could maybe take like one of the stars out or something but like this movie is not anything without Christoph Waltz and I don't think it's much without Brad Pitt as well but Christoph Waltz specifically man like just the way that he fluently speaks the languages and the way that he withholds information. I mean, the fact that you find out at the very end, the reason, you know, I'm sitting there when they catch him at the end at the theater and, you know, he's using it to his own advantage to like, you know, get a, get a plea deal basically and, and be saved. So like, just the, I, I think just the way he tormented with them, like he would ask them questions, you know, like, uh, he ordered the milk and the cream, as I alluded to earlier, uh, for Soshana or Sosana at the uh, cafe. He, um, I, I mean, honestly, man, and I don't know what you guys thought about this, but really one of the most interesting films is like right at the beginning when he goes to the farm and he knows that the people under the floor, I mean, he knows that they're there from the time right. he goes in. He, mm-hmm. you know, the, the guy asks if he can smoke his pipe and he smokes his pipe. And then, you know, he pulls out that huge, obnoxious <laughs> white pipe just to be a prick. You know, he does it. That and, saxophone. And, what did you call it, Jake? A saxophone of a pipe? That was Dex. I'm, oh, Dex. Yeah. I, I'm seriously like he does that. I mean, who does that? Right. It's just it's just he's showing that guy up in his own house. And mm-hmm. then the fact that he says to him, I'm assuming that these people don't speak um, 
don't speak English, right? Yeah. And he's like, all right, so we're going to switch the conversation. When he says, okay, we're going to switch the conversation back to French, and you're going to follow my ruse. Yeah. Like, what? And he wow. goes, and, and, and he, he just says, like, you know, it's been great to, you know, and, and he leaves – you know, it's great acting like he's going to leave and he brings the girls in and it's the German soldiers like ready to shoot up the floorboards. So, um, well, yeah, in that initial conversation, I guess we can start at the beginning of the movie. But the um, we, you, you, you made a note of that, that you called it a saxophone. Yeah, he was blowing smoke out of a saxophone like Lisa Simpson. That <laughs> shit, I was not ready. I was like, oh, it's that kind of party. Goddamn. <laughs> Do you mind if I smoke my pipe as well? And it was just like, make yourself comfortable. It was like, just this huge elephant trunk. He pulls out, but the uh, nah, man, that was that was funny. But yeah, he comes in and he immediately is like, um, he makes the guy uncomfortable. A guy that is way bigger than him in stature mm-hmm. and more manly and everything else, and like more rough. You can see the dirt under his fingernails, and he's just like he makes him uncomfortable in his own home. And they do yeah. a really good job of building that tension. But then he's also yeah. like, go ahead. I was going to say there's there's a, a switch that happens like halfway through where Christoph Waltz first starts asking like, may I enter your house? May I sit at your table? And he slowly switches it around to where the guy that lives at the house is asking Christoph Waltz if he can do stuff in his own house. Like, Yeah, may I smoke my pipe. And immediately takes control of the room. Yeah, and I don't want to break this down too because I have listened to listen to yeah. the rewatchables episode of this because it, and they do a really good job. If you want to hear a, a more smart breakdown of this movie, go listen to that. But like, not Sean Fennessey ain't got nothing on us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like we're film critics or anything, but we're just three guys, four guys now talking into microphones. The um, but he immediately he's like, I've exhausted all of my French, which is not true. He's like, because he knows that they're there and he's like, they, he knows that they don't understand English. And then he just confirms that at the very end. And we're all like, Oh, (laughs) that's why he did it. Um, so I got some notes here and I guess we can kind of, I took so many notes and I guess we can kind of go down the list here. Uh, first off, it's so weird seeing the Weinstein company just pop up on your screen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We don't have to get into it, but it's just like, Ooh, yeah, it's, oof. Big, yeah. big oof. Um, it's a great opening title. Once upon a time in Nazi occupied France. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, so this isn't real. This is all a fairy tale. Uh, this <laughs> looks like an older movie. It looks like it's from the seventies, and I think that's what he wanted to go for. Um, it opens with like the, not the original, but like one of the original Universal logos. Yeah, the Cinemascope thing and whatever. Yep. And that's kind of his kind of his thing. Like his movies from the yeah. '90s look like for, they're from the '90s, and of course, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hollywood kind of looks like that. But this looks like one of those films that like you're you walk in on your parents or your dad watching on like Turner Classic Movies, uh, and be like, "Can we please change it to something else to Power Rangers?" And they'd be like, "God damn it!" Um, Okay, so the fact that Waltz can speak French, Italian, German, and English is nuts. Yeah. He was Tarantino was worried because it was like he thought he wrote an impossible character. Yeah. Um, which I just to find 
a dude that can do get you a man that can do all four uh and he can because it's just it's just bananas that and it's also it also speaks and i don't want to get too funny but it also speaks how dumb we are as americans where it's just like they just know all those languages and we're just like nah i won't even learn spanish how dare you um okay so there's still like tarantino rambling conversations in this but they're more direct like instead of like in uh you know the royale with cheese and all that in pulp fiction there is there's like would you consider a rat versus a squirrel or you know the conversations about french and german cinema and all this stuff there's still these rambling things that where it's like i'm gonna make some allegories yeah, um, I mean, it's still a Tarantino film. He still has to interject his philosophy somewhere around there. Oh, yeah. Even, uh, I know we're skipping ahead, but even in the um, standoff bar scene when the... The King major, Kong allegory. Yeah, the King Kong. Like, that's Tarantino's own analysis of King Kong that he just shoved into the film. Boo. I was so annoyed by that shit, by the way. I was like, what are we doing? What? Why? <laughs> that's a, that's what I mean by like Tarantino insists upon it. Like he's had that take before, I think, or that that's not like a new. Thought. No, like he he's had that happen in a couple of interviews where they've asked about classic cinema, and he's always come back to King Kong's about the American slave trade. Which okay, why you put it in Glorious Bastards? I don't know. Yeah, I was watching. It. I was watching it, and I was like, okay, the rest of this was cool, but like, why are you wasting my time having this person talk in German? about like the history of the american negro like that's that, like took me out of that scene immediately i was like okay what what the fuck are we doing here man like, I, th- I think it's interesting though because you don't get a lot of filmmakers that one way or another one are smart enough to like make points like that and two have like the the willingness to like put that and interject that into the film so like I think that I think that lends to like the authenticity, which is like what I and, and why I like Quentin Tarantino is because I'd rather him interject something like that and kind of come away being like that was a really kind of weird thing to talk about or like an interesting point to bring up, but like at least he's doing it. I don't I don't I don't know what Michael Bay's philosophy <laughs> is. Transformers, explosions, you know, like uh, I, I, robot, like ro- horny robots. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, you know, like I, I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but. I, I enjoy it a little bit. I think it's interesting. Um, definitely kind of makes you scratch your head. That was like, it was weird. But I, I will say this about Tarantino. He is never shy about putting the N-word in his movies. Even and if he it, says it himself even when, in the movie. Right. And you're just like, uh. <laughs> which, which is part of my problem with Tarantino. I'm like, you write way too many white characters that say the N-word. Like, that's, like you don't have to do that. Like, that's not... That's not required of you to tell your stories. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was the first time that they didn't do it. And everybody was like, oh, look how much progression. And everybody's like, what? So? <laughs> nah, I just I just found that he has no problem doing that. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Okay, the way that Tar- we were talking about Christoph Waltz in the very beginning. And he is very much the supporting actor. But he kind of drives this film. Um, I guess all actors are supporting actors in this movie, but the the way that he switches from like welcoming is incredible. He's just like he he switches. He's like, tell me what you what you know. Rumors are rumors, sometimes true. Yada yada yada. Then he just goes, 
you're sheltering enemies of the state, are you not? And it just the look on his face, you uh, you are like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, it was like I've been humoring you this entire conversation, but like, let's cut the shit. Mm-hmm. We both know what's up. And he discreetly does that throughout the movie. And again, not to jump ahead, but like whenever um, Bridget von, what was her name? Hammerschmack. Uh, <laughs> when she when she shows up to the premiere, and you know he had already found her slipper. So he again he goes into the conversation knowing he goes into the conversation with Soshana knowing that it's her. But he goes into that conversation, and um, you know he kind of messes around with her a little bit, kind of you know he chats with her and chit chats, and then. He says, uh, you know, how did it happen? What happened to your foot? And she's like, oh, and, you know, and he's like, no, I'm interested. Like, tell me the story. And she, she goes mountain climbing. And then he asked her, you know, where around uh, Paris did she have time to go to a mountain? And then mm-hmm. passes it off like he was joking. But she knows because he said that just like with the cream and just like with the milk. Like, yeah, he's giving you a hint that you're fucked. And like, he, <laughs> he, he's up on uh, he knows what you're up to. Yeah, well, and the whole thing with the um, the whole thing with the the mountain climbing, he like laughs hysterically in her face, like you dumb, like like I know, you know, I don't know. So that's pretty much he's ten steps ahead this entire movie. Um, but you really think that when she gets out of that basement, that crawl space, you think that he's gonna shoot her, right? Like the first time you saw this. Um... I thought he was gonna shoot her with a gun, like with the pistol. She was a too far range. I was like, it's 1940-something. Your pistol ain't shooting that far, buddy. It doesn't matter. It's a Tarantino <laughs> movie. Oh, um, when she's running in the field, he pulls out the Ruger. Yeah. And just points out her, and then she says, farewell, Soshana. Yeah. I thought that he was, was going to shoot her. That would have been a wild scene if he hit her from, like, 400 yards. With a Ruger? I thought he was going to at least take the shot. Like, Yeah, I thought he was going to, yeah. like, try, but I definitely didn't think she was going to die there. So they gave I'll me ask. a. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I will ask this just because this has been sitting on my mind for a while. Do you think the other German soldiers that just murdered her whole family have been like, "Yo, bro, you just let her get away. You just let." We're not gonna go chase after. Do. Yeah, like what? What are you doing? What we're they guess, doing, by the way? It's like we're done. We're just gonna stand here now. I guess they would like gone to check for the bodies, make sure everybody's gone, but. They're I mean, I all... guess the the answer is like, where is she really going to go? Which clearly she made it all the way to Paris, but still, just gonna they're all they're all like, so hey, scared man. of Londa, man. They're yeah. all just like, well, I guess if he let her go, I mean, we we're not going to go after her. Imagine what a normal conversation where he's not interrogating you is like. There isn't. Yeah, it's not <laughs> he possible. He's always, he's always dressing you down. He's a um, detective, man. He lets her go because he loves the hunt, which is my that's dumb true. film critic. Uh-huh. No, I mean, that's absolutely what it is. But just in this universe, the other soldiers would be like, hey, man, we just, we're going to catch her? Or... Low-key, he lost the war in that moment, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding doors. Sliding doors moment. Butterfly effect, if you will. Uh, Brad's Pitt, Brad, uh, Brad Pitt's opening speech is great. Yep. It's oh, his accent is over the top, but is that on purpose or is just he like whatever? No, that was on he's, purpose, dude. He's tapping into his Oklahoma roots. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, both Pitt and Waltz are from the mountains, which is a weird juxtaposition that are that is put in here. Uh, Ryan from the office being in this is just very funny. Like why? He's, why he sticks out like a sore thumb in that lineup? Like everybody else just looks like no nondescript persons, and then it's fucking BJ Novak. Yeah, you're just like we know it's you, dude. Okay, so I don't watch The Office. Which one is BJ Novak in this movie? Oh, well, I guess never mind. But he's the last one left alive. Yeah, he's the yeah. he's the little man. The little yeah, man. When he, yeah. When he say that he was so taken back, he was like, "That's really their name for me." And he was like, right. "Yes." Just, uh, but judging by you, I'm really surprised by your stature. They call me the little man. Um, Aldo, Aldo the Apache and and a little, and a little man. Um, Let's see. I, you know, what's funny, and we'll get into this in a in a second. Um, the the bear juice. You see Eli Roth in that lineup, but then they had this sort of whole big opening for him. You know who was supposed to be the bear Jew originally? Uh, you'll never actually, guess. No, I don't. No, I don't. I know who Mike Myers was supposed to be, but uh, the bear Jew. No was supposed to be Adam Sandler. Uh-oh. Oh, I did know that. And he was supposed oh. to do funny people yeah. or something? Uh, probably that that came out at the same time. Like that would be that would be Speaking it'd be a sliding totally doors different movie. That would have a sliding doors moment. Yeah. Imagine uncut gems post Inglorious Bastard Sandler. Yeah, he's like a serious actor now forever. People would it would have been a different 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 scene. Would that have ruined the movie for you, Ryan? Yeah, because uh I think that's you know, and I think Brad Pitt's commentary on it makes it the best, but I think, you know, the way that they come out and they hype it up and the bear Jew comes outside and uh, you know, uh Aldo Rain asks that guy, you know, I need you to point your, you know, sauerkraut fingers at where they are on the map or whatever. And um the fact that he tells him, he's like, you know, I, I really need you. And he says, fuck you. I'm not going to give it to you. And he smirks and said, well, we're all tickled to hear you say that. <laughs> I mean, that, that's hilarious. He said, he's going to take that baseball bat there and he's going to beat your ass to death. With it. Yeah. And, we're, in the, and we're in the killing Nazi business. And brother, business dude, is a booming. Uh, he's going to, I don't he, know. He, he beats, he, do you hear what he does? He beats Nazis with a club. He beats. He bashes their baseball. He bashes their brains in with a baseball bat. Brother, he's gonna take that big bat of his and he's gonna beat your ass to death with it. He's gonna beat your ass to death with it. That's, That's one of the best lines. Uh, so yeah, that would have that would have definitely uh, ruined the movie for me. Can you imagine just Adam Sandler like, what you do? What do, do, do? Could you imagine the, him saying, the Teddy baseball it? scene or yeah, Teddy no, ball the, game? Teddy yeah, fucking sure. ball game. that would have have shook me to my fucking core dude of of just chills of being so cringeworthy if adam sandler said that same line honestly yeah i would have been annoyed as hell (laughs) ball game i would have i would have turned it off it would have just been uh, i don't know (laughs) he hit that one down to lansdale street you (laughs) god damn it hertzberg it's an incredible, incredible impression. But um, knowing knowing that it's Eli Roth is still funny. 
Maybe it is Ray oh. Roth. I don't know who Eli Roth is other than the Bear Jew. He did hostile. I mean, he did hostile. He's the director of like all those campy, bad horror films, like hostile and all that. I don't watch horror films, so you know this Um, movie for me. We're neglecting his greatest credit. He directed the film in the film, the um, whatever they what's the Nation's Pride. Oh yeah, that actually looked really for for it being a uh, Nazi propaganda film. It looked great. Eli Roth directed it. (laughs) Of course, he did. Um, so yeah, he did like all the grindhouse and all that campy mm-hmm. stuff. And he's kind of in that same camp with like Robert Rodriguez and all those guys. Um, but yeah, the, he comes out, you get that for killing Jews for bravery. It looks nuts when he hits him in the head with that thing. It looks real. Oh, it cuts to a wide shot and that guy's body immediately starts twitching. I'm like, Oh, Okay. Yes. I just I, when I wrote this down, I just said he hits the fuck out of that guy. He oh, has yeah. like a he has like a fucking seizure on the ground. Like his arm like gets up like you know Trump's making fun of that reporter. Like it cringes up, no. and just goes, <laughs> and he's just sitting there shaking on the ground. And he hits him even more as they pan out. That's <laughs> this is intense. Yeah. Uh, it just we're all tickled to hear you say that. It's the closest thing we we'll get to going to the movies. Tickled to death to hear you say that. <laughs> I just hear it. Teddy fucking ball game goes yard on that one. That one's out on Lansdowne Street. Teddy Williams. Two you know, hits. I, I hit you. You hit the ground. <laughs> I think Brad Pitt, though, man, just in this movie, I really appreciate the way that, like, Aldo Rain is such an over the top character, like, with that accent and the things that he says. Um, but it just works. It works so well. Like, I can't imagine that being played any other way. Just the whole jaw forward, just pencil-thin mustache, like... The never-explained lynching uh, scar on his neck. Oh, yeah, and just, you know... (laughs) Yeah, just never acknowledged. Uh, And I don't don't think any official backstory was ever given. No, it didn't have to be. It's a MacGuffin. (laughs) I will get... My 100 Nazi scouts. And you will give me my scouts. Um, um, no, well, th- the- to add, them scalping, the, that look, that was intense. Yeah, that's yes. part of the reason I don't like Tarantino films. is because, like, I'm not I'm not into violence and stuff like that. Like, obviously I can handle some of it, but, like, the scalping, like, made me very squeamish. Like, I'm just not, not about it. Um how excited they get like at the very end when bj novak scalps the radio operator like he's so excited to do it it's weird it's it's uncomfortable how excited they get at the end what a weird practical effect that they're able to do too where it just it's like it looks like it's peeling off somebody's head Ugh. Mm-hmm. um how this didn't get best makeup that'd be that's kind of interesting um one okay, more thing about uh, brad Pitt. yeah go ahead. Watching this movie made me even more appreciative that he got the Oscar for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because Brad Pitt deserves an Oscar, like at least one yeah. in his career. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's the best actor in this movie, or I don't think he's necessarily even the lead actor in this movie. I think he's doing a bit, like he's doing a character. I think he's great, but it's just Does like it? Waltz is Waltz is the best actor in this movie. Oh, but, for sure. Like a- Two-headed monster, though, bro. I don't think this movie works without him as well. 
to be able to take that story of like the bastards through yeah. and to kind of be, I, I don't know. I don't think, I think he's so crucial. Like well, he's so good. Yeah. And Bob Giorno is like the quote that everybody hit me with when I said I was watching this movie for the first time. Like that's what I remember from this movie. (laughs) Like that's – Brad Pitt is that guy. I mean imagine if the character was anybody else. Like just pick a – draw from a hat, Matt Damon. It doesn't matter. But like if they didn't have – but they they don't have like this deep fried uh, Rocky accent. Then you end up with like a patent film where all these speeches become much more American propaganda is. Whereas yeah. with Brad Pitt doing this, I came down from the mountains, like it's suddenly much more personal. Like it's it is comical, but it's it makes it real. It makes it authentic. Like you're like, oh, this dude is real. Like in a similar vein as like Tom Hanks' speech in Saving Private Ryan, where he's like, I was a school teacher, like you're suddenly like, oh, you're not just an actor. Like, this is a real person. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I think... Here's my thing. I think that more people could do hit this role. I Don't get me wrong. I love the role. I think more people could do that role than can do the Hans Londo role, though. Well, well, sure. would you, who would you recast? I, I mean, I, I, think, I think Leo could do it. Leo can do anything. Leo is a god, but I, I just think like my point wasn't like Brad Pitt winning an Oscar for this movie. I'm just glad that Brad Pitt has an Oscar. Like, oh yeah, 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 long overdue <laughs> for being as popular as he's been. Like that was my thought after watching his performance in this movie. I was like, I'm glad we got this guy an Oscar. It's it's been past time. The um, <laughs> we just got a tweet. Pause. We just got a tweet from uh, Jack Ryan uh, that says, um, "Love you, buddy." We need a Disney princess who's a functional alcoholic, and then <laughs> he said, "With a requisite thick mom." <laughs> <laughs> Boom! We worked. Uh, it in. We worked it in. <laughs> Somehow we uh, did it. They said it couldn't be done. We did it, folks. Hashtag thick star. You're not telling Dude. me Rapunzel after at the end of that film started knocking a few back. She went through some shit. Oh, that's true. But is that uh, a Pixar yeah. movie? Doesn't matter. Pixar. Uh the Gorlami. So, Gorlami. Uh let's see. Okay, so I originally thought and I, I wrote this down um to somewhere. Okay. Tarantino uses uh, out of order star- uh, storytelling the right way, like flashbacks within flashbacks. Like he doesn't really he doesn't really make it confusing or anything like that. He just like because the whole the whole bear juice scene is a flashback of a story being told to Hitler, and then then within that flashback they flashback to uh, the guy that kills. The German oh, soldier Stiegler? that Stiegler? Stieglitz, yeah, Hugo Stieglitz, and uh, they flash back to him. That was so he does it. He does this the right way. I feel like that the Hugo that was interesting because it just showed him, and then it did like a little like almost a movie scene like introduction for him. It had some like rock music playing, and it goes and just shows him like killing all those people and stabbing them in the face, and that was really intense. You get Sammy J explaining to you in the middle of this film. I was going to add, I forgot that that's Samuel L. Jackson. 
Yeah, that happened. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> He's got to show up somewhere. Uh, just, uh, just goes to prove that Samuel L. Jackson is the character that you want to be quarantined, or the character, the actor you want to be quarantined with, because he's in everything. Yep. He's in everything. Everything. Uh, so, I just wanted to note that they, they do that kind of interesting. And the way that they break him out of jail is so funny. They're just, like, rolling. They just quick cut, roll through, and just blast those dudes, like, reading the newspaper, and just, like, run and shoot, and they don't even, like, try um All right, so that was really funny another thought about flashbacks in hugo stickwoods in the bar scene they like randomly flash back to him being whipped why mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, i think yeah. you're made to think that it was by that guy or that just how much he hated germans i guess i don't know the nazis i mean well we're already here why would you send stiglitz into that scene which granted they the original plan was that there are no Germans in there, that it's just French, or maybe there's like one or two Germans in there. But we're led to believe that Stiglitz like can be recognized from a mile away by a German. Like he's unwanted person number one or most hated German number one. You would think that everybody, including the SS officer, would be like, that's just that's Hugo Stiglitz. This is all yeah. a rouse. Like yeah. that, that's him right there. We see you, dude. I don't know. We'll get it. We'll definitely get into that scene because we that's have a lot of holes to poke into that bar yeah. scene. Yeah. At least the plan. Um, uh, let's get down to it really quickly. I'll, I'll work. We'll work our way down that. The uh, Frederick Zoller is uh, because that is the pivotal scene in the movie. Frederick okay. Zoller is supposed to be, you know, Daniel Brühl is fine. Like he's he he's more popular now than he was back then. So like he's he also speaks French and German. So that's really cool. Frederick Zoller. Uh, I think he's supposed to be like, he's supposed to be like this Audie Murphy. They called him the German Sergeant German Sergeant York character. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't just throw away, if you haven't seen that movie, it's an old 1930s movie about an actual look up Sergeant York. He won the uh, Medal of Honor, but it's a really good movie. Um, yeah, if you like black and white film, they cut uh, the subtitles though. The thing that I noticed initially about this, they cut the subtitles though. Like when Sh- uh, Shoshana is listening to them speak German, you you don't have the subtitles because she doesn't understand what's going on. Oh, and he's being like doing the autograph and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's just it's a creative use of language that you don't see a lot in films where you only understand what the main character of that scene understands. And it's, it, it adds like a nice little tension and that little vignette. Uh, okay. So, so, okay. Let's talk about, uh, I said Tarantino can't help putting the N word in his movies. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, so the way let's talk about the diner scene with vaults. Um, there's a weird quick cut sex scene in the middle of the movie. Oh, of Goebbels uh, banging the translator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just I, railing that poor one. Um, I, it, it doesn't matter, but are we led to believe that didn't really happen? Because it immediately cuts back to Shoshana and she does like a quick smirk. Like this was all in her head and she understands why this French woman is hanging out with Goebbels. Goebbels. I, I mean, I have to believe that it's real. Yeah, I'm rolling with sure. that happened. Yeah, that, that happened. happened. 
Yeah. Um, all right. So, Ryan, this is I think this is your favorite scene, right? The strudel uh, scene. Yeah, I think that that's like the first, you know, obviously it's really intense at the beginning. Um, but I don't know, just the way he goes into it. And by the time, I, I mean, you know, she he leaves a room at the end when he alludes that he's got something else that he needs to ask her. And it's almost like, she's like, fuck, you know, like she, you can see like her entire demeanor changes. It focuses on her, goes back to him. He says, ah, I can't even remember what it was, you know, ha And then he leaves the room. And as soon as he leaves through those doors, she just exhales and like starts crying. Like hyperventilating. Like that was so, into, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, something about that scene and the way that he, I don't know. Just, no, well, I, it, that, that I, it's hard. That's just such a good scene. Like, the, the acting is incredible. Like, Christoph Waltz is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shows, like, it quick cuts. They go, oh, Hans, and it, like, quick cuts. And like a horror movie, he's standing literally right behind her. And I never noticed that before, where it's just like, mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. And it's like he's standing like right behind her and he's sitting there and he's like uh, he orders her milk and then, you know, oh, 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 wait for the cream. And uh, <laughs> that I will say this, though, uh, that strudel looks dope. Yeah, <laughs> dude. That, yeah, that's that's right up there with like the goofy movie pizza scene, like on the cartoon. Like, <laughs> Alting cheese. Shit that I just want to fucking eat. you know I just want to eat that so bad like uh, nothing will ever top that scene though in terms of movie <laughs> food Every, everybody knows goal. dude everybody knows I Wait. still think of cheese in a can oh yes and I'm like that looks good the, the Leaning Tower of Eiffel cheese stuff <laughs> <laughs> so good the nachos uh, in that movie are dope as fuck too. The Rugrats movie also has really good looking cheese. While we're on the subject, maybe that's uh, maybe that's y'all's next movie, guys. The Goofy movie. The Goofy movie, older than you think. It is uh, on D plus. So, ooh, might have to bring it. Shout out to Power. Do a double feature. (laughs) That's uh, Uh, who plays Powerline in that movie? Tevin Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) Tevin Campbell. All right. Um, All let's right. go ahead, Jake. You have something you want to say? So I'm just going to play devil to advocate. I I understand it, but kind of want to spark this discussion. Why does he let her live? What is in that scene for him that's cat and mouse where he wouldn't just be like, I know who you are. You're going to jail. Because aside from the cinema – his plan could have gone off either way, and he didn't know that she's going to light it on fire. So why keep her alive? Torment. Just for the fun of just, it? Yeah, he's sick. Like, <laughs> he I, wouldn't have let her go in the first place, you know? I mean, that's a that's that's literally like a hole in this script where it's just like it's just like we got to keep this thing rolling. If it, I mean, if he takes her to jail, like it doesn't. No, 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 for sure, for sure. It's it it is definitely a hole in a hole in the script. I will say that. Um, but yeah, so that scene he like makes her wait for the wait for the cream, like he, then he just like puts the cigarette out in the strudel. Like I don't know, it, and the way right like you were saying, Ryan, the way that like she starts freaking out as soon as he leaves, like that's all of the audience. We're all like, oh my god, 
Oh God. <laughs> Dude, uh, I mean, I don't know. He, he knew. And he repeatedly does that throughout the movie. And that's just like, I, I think that, you know, I had forgotten at the very end because I hadn't rewatched it in probably about two or three years. And I just kind of forgot that at the end he uses that, you know, knowing the Aldo Rain and, and the bastards are doing that as like leverage to get himself safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I don't know. The uh, let's see. OK, so let's skip ahead to Operation Kino. Uh, fucking Mike Myers being in this is shocking. It is. That's why the I, the Adam Sandler um, casting choice wouldn't have been off-putting because I'm like, we also threw Mike Myers in here. Yeah, we also got Shrek in here. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, even um, the Mike Myers' name in the credits at the beginning, I was like, oh, oh, shit. Him, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I was like, wait a fucking minute. Yeah. Uh, it's just Julie Dreyfus. Julie Louis Dreyfus is somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I saw Julie Dreyfus and I was like, wait, was Elaine in this movie? Like, <laughs> Elaine I just was didn't... not in the movie. Um, yeah. So and it's just like and then they have like a terrible Churchill impersonator sitting in the corner. That, that guy dude was retired. He came back just for that. I forgot what his name was. Yeah, but he's a bad Churchill impersonator. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't he's even look not, like. Not good. <laughs> Um, do you know who was originally supposed to be Michael Fassbender? No. Simon Pegg. Excuse me, what? Yeah, <laughs> it was supposed to be Simon Pegg, but he was doing something else and he couldn't get out of it. So they gave it to Fassbender. Which, good, because, like, Simon Pegg, I love Simon Pegg. But, like, that's a completely different sort of role, too. Like, this is, and I wrote down, this is Fassbender's, uh, besides Jobs... I feel like this is Fassbender's best performance. Um, he still says in interviews, like when he meets fans, the first thing they always do is flash the German three at him. Like this is what he's known for. Well, friend, uh, let me tell you about a little movie called Haywire. Where no. Fassbender gets his ass beat by Gina Carano. And it's his greatest performance. <laughs> the ass beating was his greatest performance. It was amazing. Oh, okay. Getting that fucked one... through a door by Gina Carano, spectacular. <laughs> he he has to fire his agent because he is in some fucking terrible movies. <laughs> like, just go through his filmography real quick. He like, I mean, of course he's in some of the the X Men movies, which are good noted. But like, he'll just do anything. Like, like he's just like X Men movies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he like he did the Assassin's Creed thing, like. He did, I don't know, a movie called The Counselor, which wasn't good, like Prometheus. Like, he's continuing Prometheus to do those. Nah, he's continuing to do oh, those bad okay. alien movies. I'm like not good. I, I won't. Alien Covenant was not good, but Prometheus is good. He did The Snowman, which just, like, wasn't even finished. It made, like, a 23 on Medicare. He's asked to fire his agent. He's too good of an actor to not be in good, in good roles, but... According to Dex, his best role is getting his ass beat in Haywire. Um, let's see. He actually knows German, and I think he knows French. Like, I think he was learning Italian away. Like, don't get me wrong. I think they may they were, like, considering him for Londo, or, like, he went up for that role. Because he's a German-born guy. He was born in Germany. So this role is actually kind of made for him, which is kind of funny. 
And uh, so, all right, let's just get down to it. Um, the bar scene, the whole, fucking bananas. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I one quick note: the whole, this whole movie being based around a movie premiere is the most Tarantino thing. Mm-hmm. That's so Tarantino. Anyway, it insists upon itself. Um, so bar scene. Yeah. Yeah, this is the most Dex. pivotal scene in the movie. Dex, what do you think about it? Go off. Okay. So, from the jump, when they were like, why are they meeting in a basement? That sounds like a bad plan. I was like, okay, so clearly this shit is going to go haywire. Dope. I'm in. But just watching it, I was like, why Why are you planning war crimes this way? Why, why are you doing treason like this? This is a terrible plan. <laughs> like... We're just going to sit here and whisper about murdering Hitler in front of the German military instead of just, you know, going to another place. You don't have yeah. to be Stonewall Jackson to know that you don't need to deal a meeting in a fucking basement. Why yeah, would they just okay, we'll go outside. Like, we'll, There are other bars. Yeah, Diane Kruger is not quiet. And so they're all just speaking German around German speakers being like, hey, by the way, so here's what's happening at the premiere. Yeah, that was, I mean, the the original plan was, right, that that there weren't supposed to be Germans in there, and then, you know, somebody had a bur- or like had a baby, and so they got the night off. So that's why they were there, and, the, you know, she's a famous actress, so they were trying to all play the I, I mean, Ellen's heads-up game with her. Yeah. Uh, and uh which is disgusting by the way they're like lick the back of the car that another person would that's how you get corona yeah i was thinking that too i was like things that would never happen post corona nah i won't even touch somebody 43 ish yeah it's not like the spanish flu had just happened like a a few years ago but um it's fine yeah so ryan like do you like or dislike the the German three thing? I think that that was a very very interesting way to give them away. Um, I don't know. I, I really like that because at first you're like, "But how the fuck did he know?" You know. Yeah. Then, well, and- that's another Tarantino thing where it's like, I know that. Like, how did he know that? Well, the, the to think. I mean, I think in Germany, don't I mean they do that, right? That's how they do three, like still mm-hmm. probably today. And so to just know that, and to then incorporate that into the movie is like the way that he gives him. I mean, because the accent was already sketch, right? Like he was like, that's a very very interesting accent you have. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I was born in a a village beneath a you mountain. Can, yeah, you can oh, see me on the film. I was in a movie. They gave my brother a close up because he's pretty. Yeah, what was that? She, they were all like, "Yes, yeah, so we can vouch for him." Go watch the movie. I'll be in it. Like, no. What a bad to come up with on the fly. By the way, that's that's a deep lie right there. That had to be yeah. like deep cover, right? Imagine that happening nowadays, though. You know, well, he was my brother was in that movie, and you're like, well, let me just uh, let me Google that. <laughs> let me Google that really quick, bro. <laughs> Things solved with so okay. But the lines like that also that scene also builds tension. You're introduced to that character. I forgot that you're introduced to that character at the diner scene previously. 
So I was like, oh, but he's like the leader uh, of the SS, right? Uh, or something of that matter. Yeah. He's a major okay. or something like that. Um, he he commands the room, and so he's above all the officers. Mm-hmm. He's above a captain, so whatever position he's in is is stupid high. Obviously, like he's Gerbil's go to guy. And he knows yeah, everyone worth knowing in France. Man, they they build the tension in that scene though too, because it's just like he will not leave, and you're just like, God, man. Can you not just get up and, you know, anyway. And then Von the, Hammersmark is like, no, you're not an intruder. I was like, woman, tell him he's an intruder. Get him out of here. You're doing war crimes. Yeah. He was about to leave. Y'all are doing an attract. Yeah, y'all are doing a war crime. He wasn't Do- going to leave. Doing a terrorist plot. Um, so. I, I, I don't think he was going to leave. And it's, it's again. Stiegler should have been known. If he knows every German soldier in Paris, then he fucking knows who Stiegler is. And the accent thing threw him off. Like, I think he knew the whole time. And he's just sitting there toying with them to try to figure out why they're here and what they're planning. He he goes... I, the, the line, so I hope you don't mind I go out speaking the kings, is... Uh, Some real player shit is what that yeah. is. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> cool. That's that was, dope. That was, that was a that was a very I don't know. It was a very proud way to die, you know. <laughs> and uh-huh. then he, you know, lights a cigarette and he's like, "So about this pickle." Uh, and then he says, "There's a special rung in hell," and you can kind of see him like, "No, he's going to die," in his face. Like it was a great role, great job by Fassbender, where he just kind of blinks and he's like, "Oh shit," and he just goes. There's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch, seeing as I'll be rapping on the door momentarily. And then he goes, he goes, so what do we do now? He's like, say a vidaze to your Nazi balls. And he just, that, just slow clap. Incredible. But then it's like Tarantino-esque hyperviolence like you've never seen. Yeah, Stiglitz just stabbing him in the back of the head repeatedly. I was like, why are you doing that, dude? You got other people to shoot. Pay attention. <laughs> stabbing him in the back of the head repeatedly. That poor girl and her dad just get blown away. <laughs> just like, for owning a bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, like the guy that uh, Wilhelm or whatever has, uh, you know, he comes in and he just mows everyone down. Diane Kruger gets shot. And, you know, the funny, it, th- these are some of the funniest lines when they're sitting there and they're trying to, they call it a Mexican standoff and Brad Pitt's just like, Willem, no, no guns, call, me, no guns, you. Starts calling him William. <laughs> Willie? I, me, no, dude, when he said, uh, uh, no guns, Mexican, me. It's not a Mexican standoff. You have to have a gun for it to be a Mexican standoff. And he said. There's people up there ready to drop grenades down into here. There's no escape from the basement. You have a gun. That's a Mexican standoff. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the yelling down, no guns me, no guns you. No guns. <laughs> no trust, that, no that, deal. That's really, that's incredible. And then she just owns, like, that was a kind of a turning of events when she just kills him. Yeah, no. we're all sitting, like, nobody expected Willie to live, and we're all just expecting the bastards to rush in and just mow that guy down. No, Kruger's got the gun. Sorry, one second. And then, you know, then they start intimidating her. He sticks his finger 
in the bullet wound. Yeah. That I was that like, ooh, it. what a, what a, oof. Yeah. And then for no reason, Eli Roth just was like, fuck a duck. <laughs> uh, like, I speak the most Italian, so I'll be your escort. You speak right. the second most Italian. You speak the third most Italian. I don't speak Italian. Like I said, third most. Rolling back to the bar scene real quick, one more hole I want to poke in this. There's literally no reason for Michael Fassbender to throw his fingers up. You can just say the number three. He knows what it means. Traglaza. <laughs> like, um, yeah, but that's yeah. like I said, that's a Tarantino thing where like I know this and I'm smarter than mm-hmm. you. And the fact that we had to have the exposition afterwards by Diane Kruger on it. Uh, she said yeah. he held it up and that that was uh that, that looked in like asinine or it looked crazy or something. I gave him away as an American, basically. And like rewatching the bar scene. They make it really dramatic when he throws up the three. Like, it cuts to him and, like, it cuts, like, behind his fingers and it shows the German officer, like, freaking out a little bit. So, like, you notice it after you mm-hmm. know what's going on. But in the moment, you, like, don't think much of it, I guess. But, yeah. So, I was like, you do, you don't need to throw your fingers up, man. Like, you can just say three glasses. Also, he knows who just ordered what. Like, he, he's right here, man. You gave yourself away for nothing. Now you're dead. Yeah, it's just just the the German three three thing. I don't I don't. It's cool, but it's also again it's Tarantino being like, all right, stupid. Yeah, it's that's one of like those like you're a little bit past tipsy at like a party or something. Like, hey guys, guys, did you know if you hold up your thumb, middle, and pointer fingers, that's the German three. Like, that's what that party trick is. And everybody's just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's all that amounts to. It's just like a cool like factoid that you drop to seem smart. Who invited this guy? He keeps talking about you know like what it, German three. You know what it honestly comes off as? It's like that one friend that you had that studied abroad in Germany and now is only talking about like how great the German culture is. And what? like now every time they go to a bar, they they do the German three. Be like, oh no no, this is how we do it in Europe. <laughs> well, in in Barcelona. I was <laughs> in Barcelona. In, in Barcelona, when I was in Barcelona. Uh, Listen to books, Mark. Great episode. When I was, uh, you know, when I was like in Munich. Oh my God, Karen, shut up. We don't give a fuck. Um. Okay. Like I said, third most Italian. And then they go to the movie premiere. And I don't know which comedian was that. I wish I could give him credit, but there was a comedian where he just like made a joke. He's like. You know, they did bad things, but those Nazi uniforms were crisp. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know this joke. Yeah, anyway, but he's just saying, like, he's just like some riding boots and like a crop? Fucking tight. I don't know. It's just, I just thought about that when I saw everybody in their Nazi uniforms. But then, he, then of course, they go and it's just the classic line Bongiorno. Yeah. <laughs> He makes him repeat. Each of them have to like basically repeat their name for them like five times. He's like, "What is that again?" Antonio Margheriti. Margheriti. He said, "Say it again." <laughs> no, this time put some more. He's like, put some th- something into it. Dominic DiCocco. <laughs> Let me get the music in it. <laughs> that one was perfect. He was like, "That's spot on." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That one was good. And then he goes, "The the." 
the my favorite one is Gorlame. <laughs> what was that? Gorlame. Gorlame. Um, and they're all talking with their hands too, like assholes. <laughs> Doing like the typical Italian hand sign. He just I mean, throws water in there for no reason. Doesn't even say anything. He just throws his hands up real quick. It just like, and this is my, this is my, this is his assistant, Dominic DeCoco, and he just puts his hand up. <laughs> um, so then they're they're walking into the theater. Miscusi, uh, miscusi, pardon, miscusi. Uh. Okay, so is it? And I presented this uh, question: Is this the most subtle way Tarantino has ever worked a foot shot into his movies? And y'all said no. I disagree. Does she dies. We watched her. Oh yeah, buddy. Final he is. breath by looking at her feet. It is not subtle at all. It's just a pure ramp up of a foot shot. Not by looking at her feet, but like when he like puts his puts her shoe on. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah, had it stopped at that, it would have been subtle. But yeah, we watch her most of the time. You the the chokeout scene is either a hard cut on her face, his face, or her feet. Nothing else. When We're looking he's... at her bare feet. Yeah, and Ryan, you're asking if he's been known to do that. Go back and watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, I'm not a I'm not a foot guy, so we'll see. I mean, we're not kink shaming again, but. It is funny. It is funny. It is funny that he's just like, you know what? Everybody knows it. Whatever. Yeah, this time I knew to look for it. So when it happened, I was like, oh, oh fuck. There it is. Yep. There it is. But um, when he snaps, it is terrifying. Mm-hmm. It is It is absolutely terrifying. And it looks like he's choking the crap out of her. Like, that's some um... great action. Fun fact behind the scenes, uh, Christoph Waltz wasn't comfortable doing that scene. Um, he oh, he was okay say. doing he was he was okay doing it like stunt wise where he would fake Joker, but Tarantino really wanted Diane Kruger like her face turning purple and really coughing for air, and Waltz wasn't didn't want to do it. So actually, that's Quentin Tarantino on those back shots. He's the one choking Diane Kruger, uh... and she actually passed out. Of course it is. See, this yeah. is part of my thing with Tarantino, man. Relax. Relax, okay? <laughs> we we get it. She's dying. She's being choked. There's other ways to do this, man. Chill the fuck out, all right? If I'm Diane Kruger, Ryan, what do you say? Like, no. Like, nah, I'm good. You say, uh, I don't, I don't know about passing out for this movie. I'm not sure about that. You say, well, come um, on. Take your hands off me, you creepy old man. That's what you say. Ugh. You just had me shoot my feet. Are you are you serious? Now you want to check. He's getting off to that. Like. He actually, when she was submitted to play that role, Tarantino said no because he didn't believe that she's German. She was born in Germany. <laughs> like, she's fluent. And he was like, nah, she she probably won't have the accent. You, you mean idiot. you mean it's, she's just not from, like, Philadelphia or wherever she is in National Treasure? <laughs> <laughs> With her still very German accent hiding underneath. That movie is a masterpiece. I won't hear anything different. Um, we should review it. I've been pushing that for a while. I think it's uh, on uh, Disney Plus. Got it. Um, before we it's move like on, is, it's on USA. On it's on USA. It's on <laughs> TNT probably right now. If you turn it on, yeah. 
before we move on for the de- from the death of Bridget von Hammerschmuck or whatever her name was. Von Hammerschmuck. Why did he kill her? Traitor. He's a traitor. Yeah, why, but, why did yeah, he, he immediately turns? Because even uh, Brad Pitt asks what happened to her, and he goes, she got what she deserved. What did she really deserve, though? Because you just immediately turned around and sold out the entire Reich. What are you yeah. so pissed off, Lambda? <laughs> that was some like weird little guy syndrome thing they gave you like into why he's just like such a fucked up dude. Because that was like... There was a lot of anger in that joke. Like, Quentin Tarantino really wanted to choke Diane Kruger out, so that's how he did it. I mean, <laughs> it sounds like it. Like, we're not for nothing. It does kind of sound like Tarantino wanted to sh- see some feet and choke a woman. There's, uh, there's no other reason for her to die. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. No, and Ryan, I mean, yeah, the way that it plays in is like, <laughs> if we get, if we delve deeper, is definitely like a, like a uh, mother complex, a mommy problem, like with all German Nazis apparently, uh, and um, so that's probably what that is. But the, or at least that what it, that's what it was for Hitler, I think. I don't know, and <laughs> the. <laughs> The the thing with the it probably is one of those like little guy syndromes if you want to delve into the psyche of the character. But yeah, there is no reason. It just kind of seems like it was like Tarantino wanted to choke out Diane Kruger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yikes. Okay. Uh but then after that, smash cut to them tackling Pitt is hilarious. Where they're just like He's in the, the white white suit coat, and it's just like, boom, and they hit him, and they, get your sauerkraut hands off me. <laughs> um, so Aldo the Apache and the little man, uh, and then he calls, he said, I'm going to let you carry out your mission. Some would call it a terrorist plot. I thought that was kind of a funny throwaway line. And then the thing that makes my skin crawl is when he goes... Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> oh, that was horrible, dude. Go it, shit. That was amazing. Is that how you say it? It's just bingo. Ooh, we just bingo. Say, that's fun. Yeah, we just say bingo. Or you just say bingo. Oh, bingo. Um, but yeah, that was that was that was like that made my skin crawl when he's just like he he doesn't know. He's like, what what's the saying about uh he does that a couple of times. He's like, What's the saying about shoes and feet? Looks like the shoes on the other foot. Oh. And he just like he loves American sayings and stuff. Um the general talking on the phone when he's like selling out is Harvey Keitel. Right? Oh really? Yeah, if you look go back and listen to it, that's definitely Harvey Keitel. Should I know who um, that is? Yes, you should. Um don't know who that is. He is Mr. He's the guy, the cleanup guy in. Um, he's Wolfie in Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. Mr. Wolf. Um, you said I Mr. and then cleanup guy, and I was like, is he Mr. Queen? Um, <laughs> yes. I forgot what color he is in Reservoir Dogs. He's also in The Irishman. It's like Mr. Pink or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. That's Harvey Keitel, and I just never noticed to get a little bit of a fact. But then it's uh, 
Oh, then, oh, uh, he's the FBI agent in National Treasure. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Diane Gruber. Bring it back. And, uh, yeah, so he wants uh, he wants everyone to have a Medal of Honor, which, like, do you, like, to kill Hitler, it, are they all just like, yeah, sure, fuck it. I mean, it's Hitler. You can tell he yeah. was pissed. <laughs> he yeah. pissed, though. He was like, oh, you get it, too. You get it. And he's like, I want to be known as, like, the brains behind the operation because he wanted to cover, like, any tracks of him being a Nazi or mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, the way that he sells out. So he sells out so hard. He's just like, he sells out so hard that he puts the dynamite under the chair. Yeah. Like, he had that plan in motion real quick. I mean, there would have been absolutely no reason for him to, but had uh, Aldo and I forgot what BJ Novak's character's name is, but had they been like, no, we're not helping you at all. Like, little man. We're not helping you at all. Just kill us. And he kills him. Like, Hitler's still dead. Like, the bomb mm-hmm. goes off. Yeah, exactly. But I guess then you can blame it on, like, he's he's safe no matter what, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Which insurance is, policy. But it just is so weird that I guess, because they don't really give, obviously, well, let's just skip to this. Um, no one ever told me in history class this is how Hitler died. <laughs> 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 like when i first saw that though and i was like wait 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 wait, wait what what mm-hmm. i remember oh. sitting in the i remember sitting in the theater being like wait is this like some fantasy sequence what's happening this isn't how it happened yeah i don't know ryan what do you think about that when it's just, and they're like blowing off his face and stuff oh. Dude, I'm like a big, uh, so, you know, I always loved, like, World War II history and stuff growing up, so I was like, oh, shit, like, it was just so crazy to, like, see, like, it's such an untouched, like, for him to die, that powerful of a person to just be on the floor getting their, like, face, just looking like Swiss cheese with, like, an MP40 was, uh, (laughs) that was pretty satisfying, because you always, like, wait, you know, you always think, like, I'd go back in time, I'd kill Hitler, I'd do that, and they did it. Yeah, it is... One of those things where everyone universally was just like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, this is awesome. Everybody was just like, yeah, I'm fine with this. America, fuck yeah. Yeah. And, but where it's just like, it gets kind of dicey though. I mean, obviously they're killing Nazis, but they're shooting into like a crowd of like women and stuff too, where you're just like, ugh. Eh. If you support them, you're part of them. Yeah, I guess it's not so. Them. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Um, but, but my whole thing, okay, could they have gotten out? Yes. Yeah. No? Okay. Yeah, everybody that was a part of that plan could have gotten out. Well, no, because they had the dynamite strap, but they could have taken it off, like thrown it in the crowd or whatever. Um, Marcel had and locked the doors, though. He locked the doors inside the theater, but they got to the balcony from the outside. The- that's from true. the lobby. They, they could have sure. gone through the lobby. Um, Marcel arguably probably got out unless he just was like, you know They what? never gonna... show that, and I kind of have a problem with yeah. that. I was like, I want to know what happened to him. He arguably could have gotten out. Um, but then again, she kisses him goodbye in the way that implies that they both know they're going to die. So maybe like all the doors were locked, and we only just got to watch the theater doors locked. 
Yeah, and then um, the uh, so and, and you could just kind of see them going crazy and like obviously like just just decimating Hitler, which fine. Eli yeah. Roth doesn't cool. blink. He no, it's, it's it's shocking. Also, it is kind of funny when it, not funny or it's kind of cool when they like hit those guys with the hammer with the fist bullet thing, fist gun things. <laughs> She's like champagne. Cool. Ah. And then in slow motion, <laughs> slow motion just real quick, he's like you got 30 feet and he gets to it just owns that guy. <laughs> you got 30 feet, can you make it? I have to. <laughs> yeah. Um so that whole explosion and thing and, and the the screen the big I think this chapter is called like the revenge of the big face which is kind of funny mm-hmm. and so that whole sequence is kind of cool with like you can see your face in the smoke and yada 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 Dex you had a problem with like how she died yeah my problem was like why why are you walking up to him just shoot him again like you heard he's not dead just he like quadruple tap. Moaned or whatever, just like make extra sure. Don't just walk over there to the master marksman. Yeah, he took three shots to the back. There's there's a pretty reasonably high chance he's he's breathing a little bit. Yeah, but then he survived three hundred people shooting at him for like three days. That's true too. Yeah, but that's a fake story. That was prop- that was Nazi propaganda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he tells the story like he like he was actually telling the truth. Is it though? Is it? Though? I, I think I, I think it's a I think it's a bullshit. I think that's not a real story. Yeah, that, well, just sitting like that, he's sitting in a clock. Tremendously shitty leadership on the American side. If they're like, there's one sniper that just took out 150 men. We should do something about that. He would have got Jackson from. Uh, yeah. Even yeah, Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah, so we've all seen them. Get out of the tower. Walker, <laughs> get out. Um, the okay, so they they release him. They they kill the guy. Uh, just shoot him, and he's like, "I negotiated for his surrender." He's like, "I've been." He's like, "You'll be hanged for this." Nah, chewed out. More like been, chewed out. <laughs> I've been chewed out. Yeah, Not I've been chewed, chewed out before. Um, and then of course. Oh, this just might be my masterpiece. Leading oh. up to that, dude, leading up to that when he says, and and when you get to your fancy little part on, um, where was it? Uh, Nantucket. On Nantucket Island, he said, I imagine you're going to take that fancy SS uniform of yours off. <laughs> he was like, yes. Just yeah. giving him something to live with, man. I can't Watching, have like, watching him uh, carve into his forehead is... That is a brutal scene. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That that yeah, where he's like ripping the grass out of the ground and everything. Yeah, it is. Ooh. It is really brutal. Anything else? Any other parting thoughts? That's all my notes. Uh, parting thoughts about this. What do we think about? You know, I guess Tarantino as a whole. Is this his best film? I I would argue it's his most watchable film, or rewatchable film. Personally. Uh, here, go ahead. Uh, so, I think it's second. As as much as I like it, I still think for me it's behind Django Unchained for whatever reason. I just have always liked that movie. Christoph Waltz, I thought had another great you know performance there. But both of those movies and Qu- him and Quentin Tarantino together, dynamite. 
really surprised he wasn't in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood somewhere. I've seen exactly uh, three Quentin Tarantino movies, Pulp Fiction, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, now this one. I would probably rank them Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Inglorious Bastards, and then Pulp Fiction. Oh. Y'all know my thoughts on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've come around to it enough that I accept it in my life. I'm not sure. I'm not going to sit down and watch it. As your Lord and on, Savior? But... <laughs> You've accepted it into your I will, heart? I will not go to its altar every Sunday. But, um, man, best is hard. I, I think in terms of cinematography, I think in terms of storytelling this is his best i don't think it's the best acted um i i think in terms of what he set out to accomplish because i think this is a film that he could have put out and anything he asked for after this he's gonna get no matter what Mm. um it's not as the steal from rewatchables i don't think it's the apex mountain but i think it's damn close to it yeah, I would I would argue this is probably his most rewatchable film, at least for me. I I, I got to see if I can come around on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I was just other than Pitt's sort of stuff and like the memes that have come out of it, it it is a funny movie. I don't know, it just like so long. If you treat everybody in the film as liars, it's it becomes infinitely more watchable because you're like, none of this happened. This is great. I All right, I've just never felt like so much tension in a movie theater and then like such a giant release from literally everyone in the room as like as watching once upon a time in hollywood and that's like probably colored my view of it you watch it like on your laptop or something like on some random website right no i watched i watched it in theaters i went to the theater uh that was joker I did. you watched on your laptop yeah yeah i watched joker because fuck that movie and um uh the the i will maintain that him doming that lady with uh the dog food can is so cathartic <laughs> like i don't know that's maybe one of the best like it was the first thing i asked my brother when he watched that movie i was like the dog food can he was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not dumber than that some like bricks yeah, you're riding a horsey. What do you say? Uh, yeah, that Rex thing. He said something talking about devils and shit. <laughs> no, he goes. Uh, he, yeah, he goes. I'm. I'm. I am Satan. I'm the devil. And go- nah, something's dumber than that. And then he burnt. Then what's his face burning? Uh, Leo burning her with the uh, <laughs> flamethrower. Uh, that is that. Is, that fun. That final scene is really funny. All right, so uh, I got to wrap this up. We're doing a Brad Pitt character draft, and this should be pure comedy because I think Dex has seen five Brad Pitt movies. Six. Perfect. So, we're going to do a snake draft. Do we have an order? I can do it really quick. Okay. We're going to do a snake draft for uh, top four uh, Brad Pitt characters. Brad Pitt character draft. It's going to be interesting. Because he has been, he's been acting for a lot longer than you think. 
like I said, very glad we got him as Oscar. He deserved at least one. Okay. Randomizing twice. Also so handsome. That's a list we should do at some point is like actors and actresses who we need to get an Oscar before they're done. Right. And how about this? Final thoughts on Brad Pitt, man. I want him. He is like my dream for like an HBO series lead. Just give me that. Mm. Sometime. True detective of like some like weird Idaho town or something. Like give me give give me give me something. Look, they gave us Vince Bond. You could we we deserve Brad Pitt. Um, okay, yeah. I need Brad Pitt in a Taylor Sheridan movie. Uh, according to random.org, this is the order. It will be Dex, me, Ryan, and then Royden. So Royden. All right, I get Dex, the turn. You get the, you get the turns. All right, go ahead, Dex. Uh, so I'll start right where we left off. Give me Cliff Booth. <laughs> All right, that's good. Spawn time. Yeah. Are you right, Dex? Are you writing these down? I will be. Awesome. Thank I... you. Okay, that's fine. Um, man, I, I feel I feel like this is cop out, but I'm taking out a rain. Like nah. Brad Pitt owns this movie. Okay. Not a cop out. <laughs> Ryan. Uh, man, I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with Billy Bean. Damn it. Moneyball. Oh, that's a good one. Damn that's it. a great one. He was. That's probably my favorite Brad Pitt movie, honestly. Um, let's see, Billy Bean from um, Aldo Rain. All right, give me Rusty Ryan from the Oceans movies. Nice. Damn you! And Damn you. yeah, yeah. And then let's see. I've only seen YouTube clips, but I'm going to take it because I know it's going to be taken. Give me... Nah, give me Tyler Durden. Ooh. Yeah. Fight Club. Gotta yeah, g- give me Tyler Durden. How, how many rounds are we going in this draft? Uh, four picks. Four? Yeah, four okay. picks. Yeah. Okay. So back up to you, Ryan. Okay. Uh, this is not a huge role for him, but... I'm going to make kind of a reach pick. This probably could be my third round. But I'm going to say Chad Fieldheimer from Burn After Reading. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a solid pick. That's a, that was a, I loved him in that, man. That's when I knew he had some range. It's making me laugh, you know? I was like, this is pretty good. Funniest, funniest ending to a character ever. That and yeah. Joe Black. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I saw that movie like when I was a sophomore in high school, and I didn't understand what was going on. And I remember my friend and I leaving afterwards, be like, "I don't what what is this? What what did we just watch?" And it wasn't until like college I was like, "Oh, this is brilliant." All right, Jake. Um, man, I've got a couple. Uh, you know what? Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna take off I'm gonna take the pick that's just gonna piss Royden off. I'm gonna take Jesse James from the assassination of Jesse James by the mm. coward Robert Ford. Yeah, it's on my list, but like uh, I like that movie more than I like his performance. That's fair. All right, so I guess I am the turn here. Um, yeah, so I'm running out of Brad Pitt movies that I've seen <laughs> at this point. So 
my first pick here is going to have to be Mr. Smith from Mr. Nicholas Smith. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, a movie that broke up a marriage. Yeah. Um, let's see. Give me... Have there ever been two hotter people in a movie at like one time? Nope. I mean, Margot Robbie uh, and Leo were in uh, yeah, Time in Hollywood. That's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a hard Dex take right now. Angelina Jolie does not do it for me, man. In 2005, Angelina Jolie. Any any version thereof. I, I I'm with you on that, Jake. Yeah, mm, I'm, I'm here for big you. Yikes! She's big. Over yeah, uh, uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If uh, you put Jennifer Aniston or Angelina Jolie in front of me a hundred times out of a hundred, I'm picking uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. 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 Just Fair point. understand that she once looked at Billy Bob Thornton and went, Yeah, that's, that's, they wore that's what vials I want. of blood around yeah. each other's necks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her and Megan Fox are like live in the same place to me. It was like. I get oh it, God, but I'm not a there. Point. That's such a good point. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I get it, but nah, not for me. I get it. That's such a fair point. All right. <laughs> so my second pick of my turn is Roy McBride from Ad Astra, because that's one of the only remaining Brad Pitt movies I've seen. Dad Astra. Hey. <laughs> Dad, why'd you leave uh, me for space? Yeah. Daddy Problems, the movie. <laughs> I liked the movie. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was beautiful. I thought the story was... That movie fucking sucks. Oh, man. <laughs> He's just saying what we're all too scared to say. <laughs> I like that movie. I like that movie. Um, For number three, I am taking Detective Mills from Seven. Ah, damn. I thought about that, but I was like, I mean... Eh. You can you can say what's in the box to what's anybody, the and they know. I think he was dating Gwyneth Paltrow at that time. What's in the fucking box? So wait, are we drafting the characters themselves or just the performance? The characters? I don't know. Isn't that the same thing? Same thing, right? Because I'm, in, I would like, I would like are these? Uh, I would have fighting each other. I would have taken Detective Mills, but I was like, I mean, he got his wife's head chopped off and given to him in a box, so like. It moved me down my board, is all I'm saying. (laughs) I got it. They were injury knocks on him. (laughs) Bad husband moving down the draft boards. Um, Ryan, you're up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think for my third pick, Brad Pitt, I'm going to go. I'm going to have to go with the. Let's go with Achilles from Troy, man. I like that movie a lot. Oh, that's a good movie, actually. I like that. Most looking he's ever been. Oh, he was like what? He was probably like right at like forty or like he was like thirty-five. He was in great shape. Zero percent body fat, just pure muscle. Fucking killed it, man. He was so cool. He did that jump and he stabbed that guy in the back. Slow motion. Ah, I don't know. Pretty awesome. Um, so I will have to go with uh, the pick that's gonna piss uh, Jake off because I know he's trying to get it. Uh, Mickey O'Neal. Damn Smash. you. That was Mickey, gonna be my mm. Mickey O'Neill from Snatch, and then Dags. you like bags. You like bags, uh, and then I will have to go with. Hmm. Damn you! Yeah. Just as the funny, nah, I'm not gonna do that. Let's do. Crap. 
he's really like hard movies here towards the end. Like he did a lot more fun stuff in the <laughs> beginning of his career. Uh, give There's me a glaring big one that I don't, I don't think anybody's going to take, but give me the vanisher from Deadpool two. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Okay. You got it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to fight you on that one. <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of lost. Ryan's here. last pick. Ryan, okay. Um, just because it's fucking weird, I'm gonna go with uh, Lewis from uh, Interview with a Vampire. Ah, the weirdest movie. Him and Tom has... Cruise is looking weird <laughs> as hell. <laughs> he looks so creepy. Just so many times, like in my life, like just fucking stumbling across that on basic cable, fucking TNT with commercials or something. I don't even think I've seen it all the way through. It was between that and uh, and, and his uh, character in the Mexican, purely because I I thought that was a really cool uh, movie poster, and I've never even seen the movie. So, uh, yeah, I would have felt bad picking that one. <laughs> I'd have been like, for what reason? What was your favorite uh, thing you did? I would have been like, uh, he's a he's a, he's a, he's a Mexican. Mexican. He's a Mexican. <laughs> Jerry Wallbach is his name in the Mexican. It is the whitest name I've ever heard. Uh, and, and, and in all seriousness, though, it was between Lewis uh, and then probably between that and, like, Fury. I, I liked Fury a lot. I couldn't remember the name of his character, but that was a good movie. I, I liked Fury. Um, Don't you worry, because that's what I'm about to take. Oh. Don Collier, a.k.a. Yeah. War Daddy. War Let's Daddy. Go. Let's go. I you, know, um, you know when I realized that, like, <laughs> celebrities aren't like us uh, is when... Brad Pitt at 55 years old took his shirt off in that movie and he had an eight pack. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Also took uh, Caitlin to see that on a second date. Big mistake. Yeah. Not a, that's mm. very much not a date. Good movie, for friends. She, she got home and uh, she was disappointed in you. She's like, fuck this guy's not, yeah, like, this guy's not Brad Pitt. Have you ever picked a good date movie? Right? <laughs> Oh God! Mm. Threw you under that bus. I'm I'm curious because I feel like we've had a lot of stories about you know picking bad date movies from you. So yeah, when I when I choose comedies, they're usually pretty good. But it's like I did take a girl one time to see um, the oh what was the this is the end and the 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 giant demon uh. cock in that movie is not <laughs> it, uh. it doesn't play well. Didn't tell but. Me. Didn't set the mood, uh, but I think Twenty One Jump Street. That's a when those one. come out when the when those came out those were those were great. Right, but so, yeah, how dare you? Hey, I'm just I'm just checking, asking questions the listeners want to know. Uh, shout out to all the fans, <laughs> the tens of people in like a shout couple in like Ryan. a couple in like Europe randomly. Anyway, there are dozens of you, dozens. Dozens. <laughs> All right, Dex, take your final one. I'm, like I said, I haven't seen a whole lot of Brad Pitt movies, so Benjamin Button. Boo. I was about to say that's the that's uh-uh. the glaring big one, dude. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. Have I actually seen Benjamin Button all the way through? I have not, but sucks. You don't need to. <laughs> you don't need to. Sucks. It's pointless. <laughs> Somebody, 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 somebody did fucking mushrooms, and they were like, "What if we, 
what if we age backwards, man? Someone's like, yeah, dude. Fucking Absolutely. <laughs> That'd Make be a, a real movie. curious case right there. <laughs> that is a curious case. Very, also very, very weird movie where she starts to fall in love with like a younger and younger Brad Pitt. Yeah, just weird. It could always be big, where the uh, entire premise was about a thirty-year-old woman that was literally fucking a child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel Nobody like there's has... never been a movie about AIDS like that where it's not absolutely fucking problematic like mm. big 13 going on 30 the one that came out last year little um just oh, all God. of them it's like they're y'all are gross relax age of adeline relax uh, uh, yeah that one though <laughs> uh all right so wait was that your last pick was benjamin button the last pick that was the last pick what was the final pick of the draft mr irrelevant uh, Mr. Irrelevant. Well, yeah, totally. That that movie, man. That movie is it. It's boring. It is kind. Of, it's very. It's very boring. Um, good for what it was at the time, but also very unsettling to see. Like, like when did I when did I come Goblin, out? What? Goblin Brat Pitt. Um, let's see. That came out in two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand eight. Okay, well, we all know why the fucking Earth went into a global recession. Because <laughs> <laughs> Brad Pitt explained it to us in the big short. Yeah, those correlated completely. He was like, yeah, that's when Benjamin Button came out. And it was really meta. Yeah, it's just like, this is why. Some picks left on the board. Uh, ben Rickert from the big short was kind of a pretty good character. Uh, 12 Years a Slave, which I've never seen. Um, I will never see that movie. <laughs> and I don't want to feel bad, so I don't know if I will. Uh, uh, Jerry Lane from World War Z. Boom. Which fuck that movie. Joe that movie Black made from me so, Black. The, the most hilarious death in any movie. What? Meet Joe Black. Yeah, that's oh. I've never actually he, seen that movie, but I've seen that death scene. Amazing. That, that gif is classic. Uh, classic. And then, all right, Sinbad from Sinbad and the Legend of the Seven Seas. A thing that happened, um, sure. A thing that happened, yeah. Uh, I reckon um, Seven Years to Bet. Brad Pitt and being you- John Malkovich. Metro Man in Megamind. <laughs> yeah, I almost picked it, but I, I forgot that he wasn't Megamind. Um, all right. So that has been the one take podcast. Uh, a lot of rambling, but we did it guys. We did it. It's actually a shorter episode. Uh, all right. So you can, is it, is it, you can follow us at one take pod. That's the number one take pod on Twitter. We should be getting an Instagram up soon as well. So keep on the lookout for that. Thank you for downloading rating and subscribing like Ryan did shout out. Hey, let's go. And uh, if you do that, you can, yes, you listening, you can pick our next, you can pick our next movie. Yes, you. And uh, we, the next one will come from Jack Ryan, I think. Uh, We're not quite sure what's on the agenda. We also have to eventually do Southland Tales. Uh, That might be next week. And, oh my God. And 
yeah. So you can also email us at uh, one take podcast show on Gmail at gmail.com. You can download, rate, and subscribe at Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And it's at Simplecast. You can find us at one take podcast.simplecast.com. Find all of our episodes there. Dex, what do you want them to do? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. Lady Macbeth is now on Hulu. Watch it. Bless yourselves. Bless up. All right, Ryan, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Uh, hopefully, you know, next time I come on, we can do something where we kind of review maybe like the best of uh, Michael Moore, maybe some uh, Fahrenheit 9, uh, 9-11, some uh, oh, yeah. for Columbine. Yeah, it would really. Stuff, yeah. yeah, that would be great. He's banned from <laughs> the pod. Get him, <laughs> get him off. I, I, already, I stopped recording at uh, Support Forums to you, so I'll just keep going. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. And as always, wash your hands and we're out. Dark or shame, darling, dark or shame. Thank you for all the joy and pain. Picture shows, second balcony was the place with me. I can see Rodash